Fear. Fear is an attitude of anxiety or distress caused by concern over a threat to one's or a people's future. A man, as he, as he was walking on the street, he saw a black cat crossing over the road. He thought to himself that he was going to have a bad luck of a day. Worried about seeing the black cat, he asked his friend, what is fate? What is his fate because of the black cat that he saw in the morning? His friend replied, that depends on whether you are a mouse or not. His friend continued to say, he said, you are fashioned for faith, not for fear. Family, my title of the, my message this morning is, you are fashioned for faith and not for fear. We've been preaching through the book of Nehemiah this month and last week, Pastor Musa focused on the different gates and how it connects us to Christ. And this week I want us to focus on uh, Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 9, where we will be looking at the title, Fashion for Faith, Not Fear. If you have your Bibles with me, why don't you uh, turn, click, swipe to the book of Nehemiah, chapters, uh, chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in, your, in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take? And when will you get back? If it pleases the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to, the, said to the king, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me with safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because of the gracious hand of God was on me, the king granted my requests. And so I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. This morning, I want to focus on the first three verses of this chapter. There are some very important things uh, I believe the Lord wants to tell us through this and teach us through this when it comes to fear. Let me read the first three uh, uh, verses again so that that's what we are going to focus on. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be. This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Family, I want to talk to you about being fashioned for fear. And the first point that I would like to make is that when you fear, at least fear God first. When you fear, if you fear, at least fear God first. 
We read as Nehemiah gave wine to the king, care was given to note the specific day in the events of Nehemiah chapter 2. It began which was in the month of Nisan in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. The author includes the detail to what had happened on that day to show us that prior to this, Nehemiah had already been in prayer for four months about this situation. For four months, even before the king has asked him, he's been praying and seeking God's face. And on that particular day, Nehemiah noted that he had never been sad or depressed in the presence of the king. And on this day, when the king took notice, Nehemiah became dreadfully afraid. As was true in the courts of many ancient kings, it was forbidden to be sad in the presence of the king. The idea was that the king was such a wonderful person and saw himself as a deity that merely being in his presence was supposed to make you forget about all your problems. When Nehemiah looked sad, it could have been taken as a terrible insult to the king. When the king said, this is nothing but sorrowness of heart, Nehemiah knew that the king had noticed his sadness and that the king took it seriously. Nehemiah must have wondered if the words of the king would be next, chop his head off, he said, in my presence. Because that's how cruel the Babylonian rulers were in their time. Nehemiah was also afraid because he knew that he was going to the king for something very important. There was a lot riding on what is, what on the response to his question. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says that, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Nehemiah started at the right place. He was afraid. He could have died, but his fear drove him to his knees because Nehemiah would have known that if he had to fear anyone first, let him fear God first. Even Jesus walked in absolute fear of the Lord. We see him constantly going and spending time with the Father alone, going to the mountain, sending his disciples forward uh, to, to the next destination while he follows them behind. But after spending time with the Father, he wanted to be like the Father. He wanted to do what, what pleases the Father. And that's why Jesus feared the Lord first before he feared any man. But how do you, born-again believer, fear the Lord? I'm going to give you 16 quick ways uh, we can fear the Lord. This is not an exhaustive list. This is not the only list. There's probably many things also, but I'm going to give you 16 quick things on how to fear the Lord. It's a place where you can at least start to fear the Lord. Number one, be open to the instruction of the Lord. Psalms 25 verse 12 says, Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. Number two, find delight in his commands. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Psalm 112 verse 1. Number three, trust in the Lord. All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is our helper and our shield. Psalms 115 verse 11. Number four, hope in his unfailing love. Psalms 33 verse 18, but the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. Number five, serve him with reverential joy. Psalms uh, chapter 2 verse 11, serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Um, Psalm uh, number six, seek him with an undivided heart. Psalms 86 verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Number seven, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, 
O Levites, praise the Lord. All you who fear the Lord, praise the Lord. Psalms 135 verse 20. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy to be praised. He is, he is to be feared above all gods. Psalms 96 verse 4. Number 8. Honor him and show him reverence. Psalms 22 verse 23 says, Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. Number nine, experience his glory. Psalms 102 verse 15 says, The nations will fear the name of the Lord. All the kings of the earth will revere your glory. Number ten, be in awe of him. Psalms uh, 33 verse 8 says, Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. Number 11, hate evil. Proverbs 8 verse 13 to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and, perser and perverse speech. <coughs> Number 12, perfect your holiness. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. Number 13, work to reconcile others. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 11. Number 14, work out your salvation. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in, in, in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work to continue your salvation with fear and trembling. Trembling. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Number 15, search out wisdom. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and consecrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. And you will gain knowledge of God. Um, for the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right. You will understand what is just and fair. And you will find the right way to go. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 to 9. And finally, how do I fear the Lord? Number 16. Obey his commandments. Now all, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. Family, we see this. And, we, and, 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 and with, with all these ways that we, we, that we see on how to obey the Lord. We see this in the life and in the teachings of Jesus Christ. We see it how he, all these 16 things, we can find it evidently in his life. And why do I constantly refer back to Jesus? Because it is the purpose of the believer to be like Jesus. To get to know him, be like him, and teach others to do the same. So if we don't preach about Jesus, we will never be like Jesus. And that's why I always take it back. And that's why we always must take these things back. And if we see all these, the 16 things in these lists, we can find evidence of that in the life of and the character and the teachings of Jesus Christ. So if you have to fear, if you have to have a fear of something or someone, start by fearing the Lord above all other fears. Start applying in your life 
uh, first and you will see your earthly uh, fears will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. Number two, second point on, 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 on fashion for faith, not fear, is your faith are bigger than your fear. Your faith are bigger than your fear. Nehemiah said, I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed? I was very much afraid. Nehemiah could have said, this is too dangerous. Let me rather not get involved in the politics. I am too scared that the king might kill me. But though Nehemiah was scared and feared for his life, his faith in God gave him the boldness to speak up when the king asked him what is wrong. It's about time we, our faith in God gives us the boldness to step up and speak out about what is wrong. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 6 says, So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Ever been in a situation where fear crippled you? Ever been in a situation where you were so scared that you couldn't even pray, you couldn't even utter a word out of your mouth? Perhaps you are in a situation like that. Now I want to remind you that your faith is bigger than your fear. I think that's exactly how Nehemiah felt. The only difference between him and us is that, that, that his life is on the line. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can mere man do to me? The Bible says that if our faith is only as big as the size of a mustard seed, we can tell this mountain to throw itself in the ocean and it will. But nowhere do I read anybody in the Bible talking about the size of your fear. I don't see any biblical authors writing about the size of your fear. But Jesus talks about the size of your faith that needs to be like a mustard seed. And that's all we need to tell us our circumstances. That's all we need to have boldness to go through whatever we are going through. That's all we need the size of a mustard seed to, to, to stand against temptation, to stand against a fear, to stand against that which is crippling us, which is not in line with the will of God. He continues to say, when he, when he talks about faith, having faith, God continues to say, Do not fear, for I am your God. Do not fear, for I am your provider. Do not fear, for I am your deliverer. Do not fear. All I hear is, do not fear. I will go with you. In Matthew chapter 28, verse, uh, Matthew chapter 28, when he sent out his disciples, he told his disciples as well, he said, And lo, I will be with you till the end of the days. Do not fear. You only need faith. As a mustard seed. Even when Jesus was scared in the garden of Gethsemane when he prayed. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed. In Luke chapter 22 verse 42 saying. Father. Let, Father if you are willing. Remove this cup from me. Yet not my will but your will. Always your will be done. And then the Bible said. An angel appeared to him from heaven strengthening him. And being in agony. Deeply distressed and became like drops of blood. Uh, in anguish, almost to the point of death, he prayed more intently and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down on the ground. Jesus too knows what it is like to fear. He feared so much that his sweat turned into blood. But his faith was bigger than what he feared. And that caused him to go ahead with the Father's plan to reconcile all men to himself. 
What is that that you fear that I'm, that's keeping you back from going forward? What is that one thing that you feel that's bigger than your faith? What is it? I want to dare you today. I want to dare you to take a step of faith. If there's something in your life that is holding you back and you are scared to confront it, why don't you? I want to dare you to go into fasting and praying for this. Nehemiah fasted and prayed for four months before God gave him an, uh, an, 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 an answer in his prayer. Perhaps you need to fast and pray and see God's face for a couple of months. Perhaps you need to pull away from, from what you used to, the norm, and watch less TV and be less on, 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 on social media and fast and pray until you have a breakthrough. Like Nehemiah had a breakthrough so that Jesus can give you the boldness to carry on with the assignment he gave you to do. Family, my third and final point. There is no fear in love, for perfect love drives out all fear. For there is no fear in love, because perfect love drives out all fear. Because Nehemiah loved the nation, uh, the nation of Israel so much, and the state of the city concerned him so much, he was willing to put his life on the line. Because God so loved the world, He gave His only Son so that those who believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You see, when your child, um, no matter how much of a coward you are, when your child or a loved one's life is in danger, you will put your life on the line. You would forget about your cowardice. You would forget about getting hurt, but you would put your life on the line to save your loved one's life. Because that you have perfect love for your loved one. How much more is God's perfect love and our perfect love towards God that will drive out all of the fear. Perfect love drives out fear. The key to overcoming fear is total and complete trust in God. Trust in God is how Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced the fiery furnace Without fear in Daniel chapter 3. Trusting God is how Stephen stood before his killers while they were stoning him and looked up to heaven and saw God, saw Jesus on the right hand side of God and said, Behold, Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing in Acts chapter 7. Trusting God is how Nehemiah prayed for four months before making a move in chapter 2. This trust comes from knowing God and knowing that God is good. Once we have learned to put our trust in God, he will, we will no longer be afraid of the things that come against us. We will be like the psalmist who said with confidence, Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. I want to ask you something. What do you think is the purpose of the devil here on earth? You know, when I think about that, I, I always think of a, of a sparring partner in, in, in boxing. Where this sparring partner, his purpose is to hit you on the places where you either not block or on your weaknesses in your form of boxing. So his purpose is to strengthen your weaknesses so he hits you on all those weaknesses. And I think that's what his purpose is. Is to strengthen the believer into maturity in Christ. Because now he will attack on all our weaknesses, not on our strengths. 
And that means that when he attacks on our weaknesses, in due time, when, when the attack comes and I, I near to the Lord, in due time, that weakness will become a strength. And then the attack would be ineffective on my life because I draw close to the Lord when I get attacked. And that's why, that's why I always say, when I think about that, I think of him as a sparring partner, that his purpose is to mature the believer in Jesus Christ. I want to conclude with two of the following statements. This uh, one person wrote, he says, I am inwardly fashioned for faith, not for fear. Fear is not my native land. Faith is. I am so made that worry and anxiety are sand in the, mach in the machinery of life. Faith is the oil. I live better by faith and confidence than by fear, doubt, and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, my, my being is gasping for breath. These are not my native air. But in faith and confidence, I breathe freely. Uh, another guy from the John Hopkins University says the following. He says, we do not know why it is that warriors, meaning people that worry, die sooner than non-warriors, people that don't worry. But that is a fact. But I, who am simple of mind, think I know. We are inwardly constructed in nerve and tissue, brain cell and soul, for faith and not for fear. God made us that way. To live by worry is to live against reality. To live by worry is to live against reality. We are fashioned for faith and not for fear. Family, let me pray with you. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for each and every person listening to that sermon right now that's struggling with fear. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will bring it home to them that we are fashioned for faith and not for fear. We are fashioned for a life of victory in you and not for a life of fear, and not becoming who you want us to be. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the boldness, the grace, the challenge us to fast and pray to overcome these fears in the name of Jesus. Lord, raise us up to be mature believers in you. In Jesus' name we pray. I pray that against every spirit of fear that is holding our people back, Lord, I pray that you, would, that you would cast it out in the name of Jesus and that you would give people peace that surpasses all understanding so that they will not be afraid, but they would have more faith in their faith in Jesus Christ than faith in that fear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.